Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hey y'all, welcome back. We hope you all had an amazing weekend. I know I did. How was your weekend, Barb? Uh, I mean, it was good. I mean, literally I was with you and our family. We did our Christmas together, so had a good time camping out. How was yours? It was great. I love hanging out with family and my my little child dog or dog child, whatever you want to call it. He had fun too, um, running around with all the other dogs this weekend. But yeah, so before we start, I do want to say that um, speaking of dog, he might bark because there's people walking outside. So we're just going to continue. If he does, I'll just tell him no and continue. Um, but also don't forget that the december's voters episode is out so please go vote because you guys have great options for barb to cover this month so go out there go to facebook it's on instagram and twitter as well so make sure you just click the link vote real quick takes three seconds and then you're done uh and please don't forget about merch because christmas is coming and these are some pretty cool gifts to give to family and friends so please make sure you go and look at our merch and yeah that's pretty much it let's get into today's case shall we we shall so today i want to tell you about the murder of marjorie nugent and some called her marge so that's how i'm gonna call her for this episode marge was born february 6 1916 in panola county texas her father had owned a local grocery store from like where she was raised but she would go to Louisiana Tech to earn her electrical engineering degree, which which is pretty awesome for the time that she was a woman going and getting an electrical engineering degree. Um, because, you know, back then it wasn't as common as it is now. And she would also gain a husband as with her degree. So <laughs> um, while going to school, she met Robert Nugent. It didn't take long before the two were starting their future together when they got married and having a child named Rod Jr. So obviously probably the, or actually I think it's Rob Jr. Um, so while starting her family life, she also started her business life. So she was hired to work at a company called Magnolia Oil, or as we know now, Mobile Oil. The family moved around a lot pretty much following wherever the oil field led the family next. They lived in Midland most of the time, which we know is pretty much the only city, like only a city for its oil. Like literally if you go there, everybody there is probably in the oil field and just staying there to work. I mean, there are people who live there, but mainly for its oil. Um, after a busy life in 1989, the two decided they wanted to settle down. Robert wanted to move back to his hometown, so they did. They moved there and built their, excuse me, sorry, Buster, no, sorry guys. Um, they moved there and they built their dream home on land surrounding it by a gate. Marge was not a big talker and really didn't like being around others. People say that she stayed home pretty much all of the time, which honestly, I don't blame her. Because, you know, at 
after you're working your whole time, like your whole life and constantly moving around and having to be with new people, you start becoming where you don't make friends very often because you're like, oh, well, I'm going to be moving anyways. So I can kind of understand where she's coming from. But that didn't change the fact that her business was spread around town, meaning like her personal business. So a lot of people say that she was not the nicest person and she basically acted like she should always be catered to as if she was like better than everyone else. And people would say that she wouldn't go out of her way to talk to you or like not at you, which basically is a courtesy thing in a small town like a quick smile and a nod is like how you're like how are you doing and it's a polite but i mean people really judged her because of this which i think is honestly ridiculous because you know like in texas we're very friendly and for some people they don't they're not as friendly as we are you know what i mean and i guess it was odd in a small town for them but like i said she moved around all the time i'm not I wouldn't talk to people if I had moved around that much. No. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think that was, I mean, I don't know if that, like, saying hello when you're out in public like that was a known thing and, like, you said, a, a courtesy. Like, I feel like to Northerners, we are super friendly and nice, whereas they're like, why are they, why are they that nice? Like, why would you out of your way to say, say hi to someone? So maybe mm-hmm. it was, like, just a common nice thing to do and since she didn't do it to anyone it was kind of like oh maybe she thinks she's better than us because she has a degree and she's like not the normal status for women back then yeah which i mean she was born in 1916 and they moved in 85 or 89 she was quite a bit up there in age as well so i mean i feel like people just really like judged her you know i feel like it it was a lot of judgy people there but personally if i came to a small town to retire and wanted to be alone and not socialize not only that but people were starting rumors about like your business and you don't even talk to them i mean i would be the same towards them just like talking about my business like are talking bad about me saying i'm this type of person and if i don't talk to you then how do you know you know, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. And I guess back then, that's what, what else did they going to do, right? <laughs> um, people are really always so quick to judge. And I think it's crazy. But anyways, in 1990, Robert would pass away due to heart failure. Robert grew up in this town and maybe 10 people, 10, maybe not even that, showed up to his funeral. And I think that's honestly so sad, especially if you grew up in this town. And that just kind of shows you, like, I guess how the, like, their neighbors and stuff viewed them. But her husband's funeral is where she would meet a new friend named Bernie Teed. I don't know how to say his last name. But he made sure to take care of her because no one else would at the funeral. And from that day on, he was her second-hand man. Marge became really dependent on his care and attention to her, like pay all of his attention that he did. And she would literally do anything and everything to keep him coming around. She started giving him expensive things and giving him money for taking care of her. 
And mind you, Marge was around 74 years old when her husband had passed. She didn't talk to her family often and she had no friends. So she was really relying on Bernie. I want to mention that Bernie was known to give attention to wealthy el elderly women. So the amount of time he was spending with her was making the others upset. And rumors started to spread like they were before. And the two would end up going on a cruise together. And they would say that they like slept in the same room and they're like, they were just basically talking about it. And I'm probably going to say this again, but like, I need people to mind their own business because it's not their relationship. And if she wants to pay him for attention, then let the woman pay him. So I just, I just don't understand why these people were so like judgmental. And I get she was in her seventies and he was probably in his twenties or thirties at the time. And it's kind of a weird situation, but it's more like as if it was like a butler kind of thing. But yeah, and like at that age, you really just when you're that old, you just want a companion. Yeah, like whether that's a friend or a significant other or a sister, like someone to be there because you're at that that age where you don't want to be alone. You don't want to mm -hmm. die alone. That doesn't mean you have to be intimate with someone. And even if they were intimate, which they probably weren't, like it's nobody's business what mm -hmm. they do. That's their business, you know. Yeah, I just I just think there's there's all these articles and stuff. Oh, speaking of articles, sorry guys. I forgot to say that I got my information from Wikipedia, TexasMonthly.com, and Find a Grave. But Texas Monthly was by a guy named Skip Hollinsworth. And guys, this thing is so like in-depth on this case. Like I would really suggest that you guys go read it. And it's like from the neighbor's point of views and from the police point of view, it's really good. But sorry, just side note on that. But Bernie worked at a funeral home that the two met at. So he was, I guess he was just like an usher or something there. Um, but that didn't last long after the two met because Marge wanted Bernie full time. And she offered him something that he could not pass up. He took her offer and started spending money right away. He bought a home for himself and decorated it nicely. Bernie was living a new life and was loving it. And everybody would tell you he was loving it. He would actually start controlling, like, they were so close that she, he started controlling what stocks Marge would buy into and which ones she wouldn't. And he was also eventually get his pilot's license and fly small planes. The two would travel everywhere together. And I wonder if she had a plane and had him drive for her. Like, wouldn't that be so weird? Like, they're that close that she literally, like left all the faith in his hands because this man eventually controlled everything in her life. He knew where she was going at all times, where her money was going, basically was like a new husband for Marge or maybe even, like I said earlier, like a butler. So he was literally knew all the ins and outs of her life. And I think it's so crazy how these two got so close so fast and how quickly he took over. And it's like now to, from, you know, hindsight we're looking at it like oh my god you need to get away from him because this man is really just like controlling everything but when you're in it you're just like whatever at this point you know well did she have any kids do you know she had one son 
Oh, okay. Because I was but, like, she's at that age where she could pass. I mean, she was pretty old. You know, people start passing. She was almost going to be 80 probably by then. So maybe she was looking for someone to basically like give her assets to that she cared about. Whether he was using her or not, she cared about him. Yeah. And I think, I think he was like manipulating her in some way. It, and I'll tell you at the end, there's like two sides of this. But this, her and this, her son were kind of like, kind of like had a hard relationship. Like they talked, but they didn't talk at the same time. Um, so it was just like, she didn't, and I know like her sister and her fell off and stuff like that. Like she had family. She just wasn't close to them, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But these two met in 1990 and just six years later, there would be a tragic ending that no one was expecting. So around 1996 to 1997, people started to grow suspicious because they had not seen Marge in a while. They were worried because when she stopped showing up around town, Bernie was still out and about, like, as if nothing was happening, which made people start asking questions. And whenever they would ask him, he would be like, oh, she's on bed rest, or he would say, like, Oh, she's in a nursing home out of town. You know, she's just getting really sick. And then he would also say like, oh, she's in the hospital. She got really sick and she's been in the hospital for like two weeks or whatever. He would just, he always had a story and he made one up a different story every single time to kind of like say, okay, this is where Marge is. This is the explanation as to why you've not seen her. All of his stories about, all the stories about his mother, or sorry. Okay. All the stories would help, wouldn't help him forever. So in 1997, Marge's son, Rod Jr., had started worrying about his mother. The two were not close, but he still grew suspicious because he had not heard anything, anything from her in a few months. So he decided to go to his mother's house with his daughter and check on his mom. So while looking around, they only got more suspicious because they could not find her anywhere. No sign of her, nothing. Well, while the two were looking around, Rod's daughter saw something super odd. She noticed that the freezer had been taped shut. And this was like a deep freezer, not like a refrigerator freezer. And well, when she told her father, he would go to the freezer and untape it and look inside. When he opened it, that's when everything was clear at the bottom of the freezer he saw his mother's dead body wrapped in a white sheet so he would end up calling police right away because he didn't want to mess up any evidence or anything and the police would actually take the entire freezer like they put loaded it on a truck and everything and they would take it to the police station to protect it from any of the evidence being destroyed because you know sometimes people are careless with what they do and they even went as far as to get a generator to hook up the freezer to prevent any melting. So they were really like, like cautious of this. And I, and you know, it's probably because she was actually the richest woman in that town at the time. And so, you know, she probably gave a lot of money to the city and stuff. So, yeah. Can you that imagine? is freaking crazy. No, and I can never imagine me discovering my own mother like i don't even want to know what was going through his mind at the time because that 
is gonna that would be something that I would have to go to therapy for. For real. And even his granddaughter, because she's the one who realized, like, hey, dad, this freezer is taped shut for some weird reason. Grandma wouldn't do that. Like, could you imagine? That's insane. I could never imagine doing that. No. I don't even know if I would be able to open it. I would probably would have called the police, like, oh, my gosh, I can't find my grandma on this freezer's over here taped, or my mom, I, and, but this freezer's over here is taped shut. I need you to come open this because it may mm-hmm. be no, uh-uh, I would be freaking out. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And they already knew who they wanted to talk to. As soon as this happened, they already knew. Everybody knew. They would start their search for Bernie. With that being, with it being a small town, it didn't take the police very long to find Bernie and bring him in for questioning. As they were questioning him, he started to get more nervous with every question. And he would eventually cave in and when he did, he would tell the police that his best friend, Marge, was, quote, very hateful and very possessive, end quote. Which, I'm like, your point is, like, you knew what type of person she was. And you know you were using her for her money. And she knew it, too. So I don't understand, like, what his issue was with the whole situation. Yeah, you, she's mean, but you could have, like, went away. But instead, you stayed because you wanted her money. Well, he was arrested, and his bond was set to over a million dollars. Even with everyone knowing that he had, like, he was a murderer, the town still took his side and tried to raise money to get him out of jail. Like, because all, like, in that article that I was telling you about, it talks about how all the people were like, Bernie would never do this. He's such a gentle soul. He's so sweet, and, like, he would never just murder her because he was probably protecting himself and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that's false. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a sticky situation. But the police were not having it. They would go back and charge him with more, including theft and for stealing from Marge after she was already dead. So... He was literally still writing himself checks after he killed her, still buying all this stuff with her money, still acting like like paying for trips and all this stuff, acting like she was going with him when she was literally dead in the freezer. Mm, so, is, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that is just messed up. Like, I don't even know what goes through people's mind to think that it's okay and money is usually met like money and jealousy are usually the number one things for someone to commit murder and it's like why you usually always get caught what is the point i don't think they even know the point at that time they're just like well it happened so now i'm gonna figure out what i can do from here but it just i just can't see the side well actually we'll talk about this later so this would actually raise his bond to over $2 million. So after it was set to $2 million, people were like, all right, we're not going to get that. We could barely get a million. So you're probably wondering, like, what the heck happened and why would he kill her? Well, it was November of 1996, and I believe it was around Thanksgiving time. And this is how you could tell, like, her family wasn't super close because, you know, Thanksgiving is usually when you go around family. 
but he had either snapped or plan planned it because no one knows exactly what happened because he never said exactly why he did it or at least i didn't find he could have said it i just didn't find it but he would take a 22 caliber rifle and fire at marge hitting her four times in the back after shooting her he would get the white sheet and put her body in the freezer then he would make up all of those stories to keep people from finding out what he had done there are like i said two sides to this story there's a side where people feel he was too nice and would not do this unless he absolutely needed to and they think that he shouldn't be in prison then there's a side of the people who believe he was a manipulative person and knew exactly what he was doing and once he was made power of attorney he had his plans all set either way he would eventually be given life in prison and prison was not good for him. He was beat up a lot, which he deserves it because literally murdering a little old lady, even if she was mean, doesn't make it okay. But after a movie was made about Bernie, which is called Bernie, um, a lawyer saw the story and felt bad for him and took on his case. And I believe it was like pro bono or something like that doing so he would fight the court saying that he was physically and sexually abused by his uncle growing up for for many many years and he would say that with the past he believed that bernie basically blacked out after an argument or after she would like berate him and he lost control and killed her and this was even backed up by a psychiatrist which is really odd that like to me i feel like they're trying to go for the insanity plea but I'm just going to be like, no, because he knew exactly what he was doing. There's no insanity when you know what you're doing. So this theory would cause the court to give him a retrial. And luckily, nothing would help. And he is still in prison. But that pretty much sums up today's story. With that being said, Barb, which side are you on? Um, I don't think he was insane. Because even if he was, like, why did it take so like because didn't they know each other for like six years or seven years or something like that yeah and like i think I don't, yeah they were they were with each other for like six or probably i think six years because it was 96 and they met in 90. he was okay. 96 when he killed her yeah so if he was that insane i don't i think that her death would have happened way long ago i think he got tired and fed up with her and didn't want to be like basically her puppy anymore but wanted to keep the money so that's why i did it you're trying to get the best of both worlds yeah exactly i'm definitely on the side that he was manipulative that's my personal opinion whether it's right or not but he was deaf he knew what he was doing but yeah so that's just like a quick summary of everything that i that i saw and that um that article you guys should really go look into it and learn more about it but thank you all for joining us today remember we will be taking off next week to be with our family we hope you all have an amazing holiday and have a good time with friends and family luckily you guys still have thursday's episode let us know what you think by emailing us at tcwtm2021 or on facebook at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder, Instagram, Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder with no spaces, and Twitter at Texas Chicks Who with the number one.
As always, stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.